Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. We went over some of the evidence, or all of the evidence, from the Big 12 over the weekend and some in college football elsewhere. The schedule for this week in West Virginia has become one of the really good stories among others in the Big 12 as a team. Neil Brown said to us on Big 12 Media Day, he was pissed off, basically, about being picked dead last. The people don't give enough credit to the offensive line, etc. They didn't even like the school colors. They got those wrong at Big 12 Media Day. Jed Drenning, one of our go-to guys when it comes to West Virginia football, the sideline reporter. Jed, thank you very much. Uh, what has fueled this uh, season for, for uh, West Virginia in 6-3, and 4-2 and two in the conference? Well, I, I'll tell you this, Smokey. We, we've heard that number 14 as a popular refrain within the building heading onto the field for pregame. I mean, that's been the war cry. Uh, they were legitimately upset over the fact that we won two of three against two pretty good teams down the stretch last year in Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Uh, we seem to be getting some things together once we put uh, uh, Garrett Green behind center and uh, started the season that way. And, and I, I just think that uh, they felt that, that that disrespect was maybe a bridge too far, and that has been a rallying cry. Jed, uh, they've, you know, they, they've managed to kind of go through. They don't do anything spectacularly, but they do a lot of things fundamentally well. Uh, how did – Neil Brown get that message across to them about maybe not worrying about some of the things they can't do and just leaning into things that they can do. Well, I think what's been critical is over the course of the last several years, we've been working towards the offensive line that we now finally have. Uh, When Neil took the job in 2019, we didn't just struggle to run the football and move bodies up front. We struggled historically to run the football. I mean, our numbers were beyond abysmal. A turning point started when Zach Frazier arrived as a freshman the COVID year in 2020. He's been the hub and the cornerstone at center of this West Virginia offensive line, which a lot of it's homegrown. We have two NFL tackles, both from Spring Valley High School here in West Virginia. Uh, Zach's from right down the road in Fairmont, uh, West Virginia. And uh, and then you plug and play the other folks around him. I mean, Tomas Remack, a former freshman All-American. But the swing men is what's been most impressive. We, we finally got the offensive line guys where we've wanted it for four years. And it's an offensive line so sturdy that you can build your football team around it. And it allows a lot of other things to be made possible. But you have Brandon Yates playing two, sometimes three positions. Jaquay Hubbard, another swing man, played a lot of tackle. Nick Malone has played a ton of football for us. So as excited as we've been about that offensive line coming in, our starting five, those starting five have rarely played together. So it's always been a function of next man up, but the offensive line has to lead the way. And when you can have that type of physicality at the point of attack and set, it sets the stage for an ability to run the football, set up play action, 
play keep away from a time of possession standpoint to help your defense out. It has this effect that hits all portions of your program, and that's exactly what we've seen. Jed, BYU is not the greatest against the run, but I don't want that to take away from that performance on Saturday and the two-headed monster, and not to mention you've got a quarterback that can boogie as well. But uh, a lot of people have known about C.J. Donaldson, but Jaheim White and and his performance as well on Saturday, just what's kind of the feel as far as how that running back room, uh, in particular thanks to that offensive line, uh, but how that's starting to develop and come together with a couple of young guys who seem to be pretty talented. Yeah, Jaheim's becoming a little bit more than a change-up guy. Uh, we were excited about him when we signed him out of York, Pennsylvania, and, and he showed a lot of possibilities in terms of what he could do from a skill set standpoint. And when you plug him into our zone blocking scheme or even some of our gap stuff, he tends to hide behind those big pulling offensive linemen. He's tough to find. Uh, he's a much different type of back than C.J. Donaldson is. C.J. Donaldson is. C.J. is more the 240-pound big physical bruiser, whereas Jaheim is shifty, explosive, dynamic, uh, you run that stretch play, that outside zone. I mean, he can kind of toy with the different reads on it and still hit that extra gear to bounce it outside uh, before you can blink an eye. So, uh, yeah, he, he's been a different tool and a different resource from us for us. Uh, but once again, it all starts up front. When when you can have an offensive line as consistently productive as what we've had, and then those different pieces in the running game, and you talked about the fact Garrett can run around too, that's made like life difficult to defend us. I mean, this run that we're on, this is what I think in the offseason when you heard offensively, when you heard Chad Scott as the new O coordinator and Neil Brown, who's still the play caller, when you heard them talk about the vision they had for this offense, I think you're starting to see that vision unfold now. In the last four games, we're averaging 510 yards. That's against league competition. In the last four games, we're averaging 38 points a game. And the beauty of it is the balance, 259 passing, 251 rushing, but again, the time of possession piece is so critical because it limits the snaps the defense has to defend. And we're very, very thin, especially on the second and third levels of linebacker and back in the secondary. But the numbers we're putting up from a keepaway standpoint, guys, we're averaging 33 minutes and 55 seconds of possession per game. The last time a Big 12 offense did that was before we were in the league. You have oh, to go wow. back to 2011, the Colin Klein K-State offense, mm-hmm. the last time a team did that. So it's been so critical in the role that it's played helping our defense out. How much does the mentality of what Garrett Green brings to the table, the way he plays, lead to some of this too? He's a junkyard dog guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, I know. He, he has some chihuahua in him. He, he's not <laughs> a big kid, but you, you better not tell him that because uh, uh, he will not back down from anything. and. And the way he plays uh, and just the energy that he brings really resonates with not just the rest of the offense, but the team at large. I mean, the locker room. Uh, he doesn't have a bad day. I mean, it doesn't have a bad day of practice. It's just he has such high energy. Uh, he's an emotionally charged kid, and it's easy to get behind him. Uh, but, but he never gives up on a play, never gives up on a game, never gives up on a moment. And uh, it was just a function, guys. You've seen flashes of this in the past you saw what he could do but there were just different holes in his game throughout the course of the last four years he wouldn't trust his eyes so he would just rely too much on his athleticism but now it's all starting to come together but he's far from a finished product that's the most exciting part the last couple weeks in particular we've left a lot of yards on the table from a throw game standpoint so he's he's still trying to become more refined as that pure passer 
He's a dangerous deep ball guy. He understands the big picture of what we're trying to do offensively. He's helping put us in the right position now. But it's the off-script piece. I mean, that's what you don't have when you have a statuesque guy who just stays in the pocket. You're not going to have somebody ad-lib the way that Garrett ad-libs and finds those free yards that you otherwise aren't going to have and can move the sticks on a critical third and six because he can shift around and move. So he's been so instrumental in our success. Jed, for this matchup this week against Oklahoma, uh, what do you see as where where they can exploit a team that uh, is licking its wounds after the last couple weeks? Yeah, we're getting them. I was kind of hoping for an early, lazy 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff, (laughs) but unfortunately – the powers that be had other ideas. We're going to get them under the lights on the prairie, uh, our parting shot before they head to the SEC. So uh, we're, we're going to take their best shot. Uh, they still have some things to play for. Yes, they lost Bedlam. Yes, they've dropped two in a row. But they're still an incredibly well-coached and incredibly obviously talented football team. Uh, I think they play highly aggressive defensive football, uh, and they're not going to wait on you. They're going to come after you. So sometimes what happens is maybe you can take advantage of those types of things from a run fit or a gap stamp, gap integrity standpoint. I mean, that's part of what happened last year. Uh, and I'm sure they're studying with great scrutiny. Uh, last year in Morgantown, when Garrett ran for 100-plus yards on him uh, off the bench in relief of JT and helped us win that football game with that last-second field goal. So uh, I fully expect to take their best shot a couple years ago we went in there, and it was a tie football game in the fourth quarter, and we felt like we were driving for the potential go-ahead score. We had a bad snap. Next thing you know, we had to punt and pin him inside the 10. Spencer Rattler drives him from the eight-yard line for the first walk-off game-winning field goal, believe it or not, in Oklahoma Center's football history. So we're going to take their best shot. It's going to be a supreme challenge. There's a reason we're a two-touchdown underdog. That is one of the more difficult places in all of college football to step into and try and snatch a win. So we realize what we're up again. Take away the atmosphere, although I know that does play a, a huge role into things, Jed. But you mentioned the, the thinness at linebacker a, a few moments ago. Is that the big concern, I guess, heading into to Norman? Is it the defense, uh, given that Oklahoma has what can be an explosive offense, uh, given that there is some confidence behind what West Virginia is doing offensively right now? Is it, is it that defense? And, and what do you think of that matchup, West Virginia's defense versus Dylan Gabriel and company? Well, depth is going to be a concern, not so much at the point of attack. The rotation that we've had with our defensive line has been an incredibly pleasant surprise for us. We've gone seven, eight, sometimes nine deep in that rotation, and they've all been productive. Uh, but we lost some critical pieces, not just early in the season, but even in the off season, uh, that have laid us bare bones. Uh, at the linebacker spot, we lost some critical pieces. We had two JT kids, or two, excuse me, two portal kids that we thought would be an instrumental part of a corner and a safety, they're gone. So we're very thin. But I tell you what, the guys that we put in there, we can't complain about their production, whether it's a freshman of Ben Cutter at Will Backer, also playing some Mike, uh, being thrust into action because we lost Trey Lathan, who was playing the best football maybe out of anybody in our entire defense. We lost him for the season. Uh, or even on the back end, Beanie Bishop was leading the nation in pass breakups. That's something. Guys, we couldn't play the football in the air to save our lives mm. last year. We – had the fewest passes defended in the entire Big 12, we were 123rd in the country, and now you have the national leader in both PBUs and passes defended. We have a transfer safety in Anthony Wilson from Georgia Southern, who's done some really good things for us. Aubrey Burks is back to being one of the more high-level safeties in the entire Big 12 conference at his best. He's among the top two or three back-end defenders, I think. Malachi Ruff in a corner. Marcus Floyd is safety. So there are ones 
But when you start to get past that, and a Hershey McCorn mixed in, but when you start to get past that, that's what we have to protect against. And one of the things we've had to do, guys, in recent weeks, when you have young players uh, at the linebacker spot or a run-fit safety spot, sometimes it's more difficult for them to understand and appreciate and master their run fits. You saw what Ollie Gordon did to us against Oklahoma State. What a, yeah. what a great job those guys did. But we also missed a bunch of run fits. So what we tried to do in the past, we chopped up our front with a bunch of twists and stunts with much greater regularity. In the last couple of weeks, we've more picked our spots. Jordan Leslie's been very smart about it. We still do a little stunning, a little twisting, but we like to present a much clearer picture for the second and third level defenders that are young and still trying to understand their fits. So those twists and things can chop it up and make it more cloudy for them. So you're risking a missed run fit. So they've simplified things up front to the point of attack for that reason. And it's been effective enough the last couple of weeks, but against the talent that Oklahoma has, once again, you're going to have to, you know, burn that candle from both ends. You know what I hear from you, Jed, we'll let you go. And thank you. I know you had a busy day yourself, but man, you sound excited. You sound happy about this team uh, that West Virginia has and what they've done, the, the resiliency and also the chip on their shoulder. They play like it. It's good to see. Congratulations, and we'll hopefully uh, have you again here before the end of the regular season. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.